1: and your life to the next level. Today, I am so excited to have Terry Short as my guest. And let me tell you a little bit about Terry. She is a human potential developer and has been a coach in some capacity her entire career. She has more than 30 years of leadership experience, a master's in business administration, healthcare management, her professional coach certification and is a certified patient experience professional. Through her coaching, speaking and facilitating, she has inspired countless staff, senior leaders, physicians and middle managers to connect to their why and to harness the power of empathy and personal relationships. She excels in assessing complex situations, challenges and helping others break them down with clarity and actionable steps. She is the author of The Words We Choose, Your Guide to How and Why Words Matter, which was awarded 2020's American Book Fest finalist. Congratulations. She has been interviewed by various media, including including Fast Company and NPR. I chose the title today to be Communication is Key, Listen Expertly and Speak with Intention. Please welcome my guest, Terry Short. Thank you, Vicki. Such a great background, my goodness. And it's so tied to what I talk about in my leadership track, which is Leading with the Head The heart and the hands that's just completely tied to that awesome we start with a very easy question for you and it is tell our audience where do you live
2: like you know you think that's an easy question not so much (laughs) (laughs) so i am currently on the banks of the henry's fork river it's the henry's fork of the snake river in idaho i lovingly say in the middle of nowhere idaho oh my goodness uh, we do that in the summer, so mid-May to mid-October. And then I'm in Monterey, California, when I'm not in New Zealand.
1: Oh, whoa. We have to just do a podcast. You know, I'm going to start next year another podcast called It's Just a Conversation with Vicky, And I'm just going to have people that I think are cool and have cool stories. And so we're going to have to find out about your not nomad life that you have. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I love it. So what is the significance of the words we choose?
2: Mm, It means everything. And that's why I wrote the book, because uh, the words we choose inform, first and foremost, our internal narrative. And that internal narrative drives everything else. And so when we um, get an if, that's a word choice there, Mm -hmm. but when we um, become much more cognizant of choosing words that, truly represent us and 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 combining the words into a narrative that is supportive and representative, then it changes everything. So that's the foundation of the significance.
1: Awesome. And how do words impact one's inner narrative?
2: Right. So that so that's chapter one of the book. <laughs> and what we do in chapter one is say, okay, so if we're gonna talk about choosing words that serve you. Um, let's think first also about the ones that you've accepted along the way. So whether it was from a parent um, or it was from a teacher or, or friends or what have you, um, do those words still serve you? you? We all know the story of the child that was told, you'll never be a great musician or you'll never be a great artist. And they believed that for some amount of time, right? And so it starts to impact what our own belief system. So I take that and then I weave in emotional intelligence mm. yeah. and how we grow our emotional intelligence, which I know is a, a, a part of your confidence building. Yes. And we grow that by very intentionally serving or choosing words that serve us better. Mm. And my suggestion is that one first dives into what, what their values are. It's so often I ask people, you know, what are your top five values? And they go, <laughs> 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 Not so sure. So we sort of start there. I always suggest people look up the Brene Brown list yes. of values as a place to start. And then, and then take all that information what you've heard before, what the stories that are driving you, your, your sense of emotional intelligence. And I mm-hmm. break that down, what your values are and pull that all together and say, this is what I choose my narrative to be. So it's a, it's a much more proactive approach to informing your inner narrative.
1: Yeah. And it is, I I often, when I'm talking to people about this, we, we mention the fact that the words that we say to ourselves, that we choose to say to ourselves can be so hurtful, can be so damaging. And, and we don't even think about it. And, and the other side of that is that other people are watching and listening. And, <laughs> and if, if you say those things, then how can you expect them to give you any good regard or, or respect? Because you don't obviously even respect yourself.
2: That's exactly right. You know, in the book, I, I do a little um, overview of a book called Reviving Ophelia. I don't know if that rings a bell to you. So it was an older book. And when my kids were first born, it had already been published for a bit and they're in their 20s. And then there was a 25-year um, revival or, or re-edition of it. Um, and the woman did it with her daughter. And so it's, you know, they brought it present. And then, so that, that book was so instrumental when the kids were little in exactly what you just said. Like, I, if they heard me say... I, they were never going to hear me say something about my weight, something about my capabilities, because they, you know, when I'm offering that to them, then they're going to turn around and think about a mm-hmm. what that means about their mom, but then how they're going to choose such words in the future as well.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So very true. So which words limit or minimize, and which ones elevate and inspire? <laughs> Yeah. So I have a
2: funny little list and I'm uh, going to go through some of them with you. So since you ask it in that manner, we'll do the limiting ones first. First, Henry Ford was way ahead of us on this when he said that whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right.
1: Yes, okay? exactly. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. So can't is a very limiting word yeah, and very limiting. And all you do, and you've probably seen that meme, you just cut off the T and you speak about what you can do. Yeah. And so maybe you're not Practiced or ready enough that to be able to say, I can do this with the violin or play Mm -hmm. this particular song. Don't talk about what you can't do. Lean into what you can do. And so, therefore, not be limiting yourself. So, that's a number one limiter. Um, I
1: believe a very limiting word is should. Yeah. When we choose, that was right in my mind. I was like, I know the next word. (laughs) Yeah. When we choose should,
2: we are absolutely really. putting out there because somebody else said so, mm. because society said so, because my mother said so, because my boss said so. So even when you're a leader, when you say to the team, we should do this, mm. and my leader says that to me, I say, well, well why? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, you know, but because that's indicating to me the the owner of this thing I should do is not my boss. Mm. Like they're they're putting that ownership on someone else. And so should is incredibly limiting. Any way you slice it, it's very, very limiting. So I encourage people to think about what they want to do or what they, what their desire is, not what they believe they should do.
1: Yeah. One of my coaches um, said, instead of saying should, when you're trying to coach or instruct, you, Mm -hmm. you should, you should, there you go, go. You would use the words in my experience and therefore it's not pushing on your style it's leaving it open to discussion if you will whether or not you use it
2: yeah whenever I hear anybody say should you should do this and, mm-hmm. I mean sometimes a relative says that to me I think since who <laughs>
1: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you, you're not uh, the boss of me
2: <laughs> right and it, it's a it's like the um when we say they said they say, or they say that you know, mm-hmm. next year this is going to happen. I mean, who are they? It, yeah. To me, should we should, con- we should consider <laughs> should the same way is that it's something that's uh potentially imposed upon us, yes. and when we're choosing to say that, we're owning that imposition and we're not um stepping into what we really believe, otherwise, we'd be saying it differently, we'd be offering that differently,
1: yeah. and and we would never grow and develop. <laughs> I, I'd like to often think about um, everything that we do. It has internal GPS. And yes. if you are shooting everybody, then yes. you may not come across a better, more efficient, more fun way to do something exactly. because it's what you wish you should do. And, and therefore the creativity yes. and innovation is kind of squashed down.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I'll, I'll offer at least one more and that's but. No. But is very <laughs> limiting. <laughs> yeah. Very limiting. It's just chops off whatever that thought was, whether it's your own. When sometimes we we speak in terms of our own things, I you know, I I'm here to share my presentation of the project we've been working on for the last six months, but we're not gonna be able to then I've just like I've just diminished. what I'm about to do and the work that I've been doing, right? So sometimes Mm -hmm. we do it to ourselves and sometimes we're not expertly listening as per the title when someone says anything and we offer but. We're Mm -hmm. severing that thought process.
1: Right. I I, One of my talks, I mentioned that I, part of my way of developing though as a leader was I had my very first supervisor in my first job always gave me butt reviews. <laughs> and in those early days, I always was so frustrated. I thought, Oh God, if I could just get a review without that, butt, <laughs> good, 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 butt." But and then I realized that all those butts weren't adding pounds to my hips, but they actually were sharpening my tools to um, be better. So it, I guess sometimes it's how you use the but, but maybe there was a different word she could have used to sharpen my tool.
2: Here's the different word. The replacement word is end. You're doing particularly well at this, Vicky, and, you know, or, you know, executed such and such well. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to say, but you missed an opportunity to do this or whatever that was. I'm assuming it was something along those lines. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Yeah, she could have very easily said, and the next step would be to pay more attention to this. Yeah,
1: that's a great.
2: Right? So it, it would it would make you feel so much more um, inspired, <laughs> and you would be more elevated into that next step, as opposed to but because you're hearing mm-hmm. it as, hey, you know, didn't do that.
1: And and it actually is more empowering, because yeah. and leads you to believe that there is a, an acceptable another way to do things and that's right and it it's does an also it, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't you must do it mm-hmm. this right. next way it's opening yeah. up for you to say do you want to do it or not
2: that's right it's an extender it's a it's a collaboration it's a you know we're all in this together and
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah, so. very good mm-hmm. all right so how do you um as a busy person prioritize, and I talk about this on my podcast all the time, your well-being.
2: You know, interestingly enough, right before this call, I had a client call and the entire focus of the call was about that. And so this gentleman was showing me his calendar. This is pretty common. And I was doing a little bit of a diagnosis, right? And so first, let me look up and say, in my perfect world, and I actually offer this as a free resource on my website, we would all start with a calendar that was pre-filled in with our well-being things. Yeah. Right? That's how mine is. I start the year, I say, okay, I want to meditate at this time. I wanna do yoga. I wanna work out. I wanna what what do I want? What 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 does well-being look like to me? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that in first. And a lot of people say, Well, so the the first thing they'll say is when I say, you know, what do you do well-being-wise for yourself? They say, Well, it's inconsistent. I don't, you know, always take a walk at lunch or do this or whatever and I say well let me show it to me on your calendar it's not on the calendar Mm -hmm. of course it's inconsistent because you're waiting for it to the perfect time to occur and the reality is that we are calendaring humans now it's how Mm -hmm. we live our lives right so why fight that why not lean into that and say that's how I live my life, and so therefore I'm going to prioritize my well-being just as I prioritize conversation with my direct reports, my boss, or what have you. I'm going to put this in there, and I'm going to color code it to a color that makes me feel good. And when I see that color, I'm energized already because it's time now for me. Whether mm-hmm. it's fifteen minutes of reflection time in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it's 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 baked in there and it, I'm prioritizing the well-being. And I'm not waiting for someone else to do it for me. So that's really the trick is that very busy people, particularly those who do have bosses, right? So I'm my circumstance, I am the boss now. Yay. <laughs> but there are times when that's not the case, and you feel almost the victim of the meetings and the things that come on. And for this is back to word choices. For as long as you believe you're the victim, you will be. Yeah. But when you say, I'm going to take more control of this, and I'm going to take a move in the direction of what's most important to me. And you'll, you'll start to see that, particularly, I like to call it normalizing well-being, particularly when we start talking about it, other people in the workplace will say, oh, I'm going to do that too. I'm mm-hmm. going to put mm-hmm. down that I'm going to walk after lunch. And yeah. then it starts to become more normal. So that's how I prioritize it
1: and that kind of brought to mind. So for me, I have my two grandsons here and I don't get them for two days in a row very often. And so I had people that booked podcasts like you. And so I thought, Oh, I just emailed them and said, I I can't do this today. Let's reschedule because I have my grandbabies and and I'm going to be taking care of them. And so and not feel guilty about it but, that's right uh,
2: yeah and that's a that's a choice I love that it's a great example because when we feel depleted I get it that it's really hard once you're depleted and I've, I've been there and it, and it happens right it's not like it never happens but when you get mm-hmm. to the place of feeling depleted it's not easy to even find the time yeah. to pause long enough To create the time in the future, Mm -hmm. which is what I'm suggesting that people do is that they pause long enough to say, I'm going to prioritize me. It's going to look like this. And, you know, make something realistic or shoot the moon and then back off from that, but Mm -hmm. start somewhere because for as long as you're allowing others and the meetings and the whirlwind control or your podcasts Control, you know what, what your time frame, and you're not taking ownership of it, then there's not going to be that sense of well-being. You're not going to have the time with the grandkids. So I
1: love, I love ownership. One of the other things that I found, you know, when we were working, my husband and I, so there, you knew nine to five or seven Mm -hmm. to six, (laughs) whatever it is, you weren't going to be available. So whenever the other person booked something, they Knew okay, well, I can't book it during this time. Well, now both of us are retired. Uh, I have a a warped sense of what to do during retirement in his mind, but I now calendar invite him to things (laughs) so that they know. And my daughter now, I have her with the grandkids having sending me calendar invites to the ball games and things like that. Because if it's not on my calendar, it's not going to happen. And right. so, um, right. I'm training them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love it because it it's the way we live our lives. So why fight it? Why? If why? And also then why prioritize that I can live my life this way work wise, but not prioritize it for mm-hmm. my own well being. That's what I'm saying. It's like that's a disconnect. And what the, the individual owns the connection. And I'm mm-hmm. on a mission to make that a greater connection of well being, particularly well being and leadership, a greater one.
1: Awesome. So, what does neuroscience tell us about that word, procrastination? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love this part. I'm so glad you asked me this. I've been geeking out on the neuroscience, I just love it. I did a neuroscience. Uh, uh, neural mindfulness certification. And I I learned so much. I just, I I think everybody should do it. (laughs) So what it, what basically here's the bottom line of what it teaches us that procrastination is irrational. Mm -hmm. It's irrational because it, we choose to do it as a response to something else. So it's a, it's a response to an emotional, something else, some anxiety or anger or something that's rubbed us some way. And uh provoked an emotion. And so we choose to procrastinate because it's a it's a short fix to it. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna do that because you know so and so told me so or I don't have to or mm-hmm. you know anything that makes me feel better to put it off. And it's a momentary feeling uh, a better feeling as <laughs> you might think it's sh- hard. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm because I'm afraid or I think I'm incapable yeah. or it's hard yeah. or whatever. So I it's irrational. It's an irrational response because we're choosing yeah. to do something that's go. We already know is going to make us feel worse, <laughs> right? We know that. So there are there are steps that um, that one takes to combat that. And you know, it's it's a spectrum. People procrastinate kind of on a spectrum. Like you and I probably would place ourselves somewhere different on the spectrum. And at any given time in our lives, based on what we have going on, grandkids are here, what have you, where we move on that spectrum. And and the very first thing to understand though, is the neuroscience part is that it's an irrational response. So ever since I've learned that, I, I think to myself when I'm choosing to procrastinate on something, I think, oh, I get it now. I'm choosing this irrational approach. (laughs) Like I'm choosing to be irrational and I don't want to be irrational. So that in of itself has helped me kind of rethink and reprioritize things that I want to focus on.
1: Oh, so good. So it's time for rapid fire. And uh, so what makes multitasking a myth?
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's because we operate. Multitasking makes us use two different sides of our brain. Mm-hmm. So we're actually task switching is what mm-hmm. we're doing. And the, the best articles about this are the articles about um, distracted driving. There are a lot of them, and they absolutely straight up prove you, you will not even go to change your radio station again. <laughs> <Quit> <laughs> once to read such articles because the concentration to do one task and then task switch to the other one that's where memory suffers. It's where the connection of the focus suffers. And so it's a myth. It's a myth yeah. that we do it. So what we, many of us, what, when I first heard this Vicki, I was like, wait a minute. First of all, 3% of the human population can effectively multitask. So I thought, oh, well maybe I'm part of it. That, <laughs> <laughs> that's, like,
1: that's
2: like my immediate thought, right? That is not true. And so what, we're, what we do, those of us who can, handle many things, you single task masterfully. You single Mm -hmm. task really, really well. You go this thing, get it done, cross it off, and I do this thing. And so it seems like you're doing multiple things, but you're really single tasking masterfully.
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) What are some key strategies though to getting things done?
2: All right, well, I made up an acronym for that and that it's fast. So focus, align, and single task. So let's say you're back to your calendar and now you're you're so good at calendaring that for anything that's a must-do, you've also blocked the prep time to do that thing. And now I'm in that prep time, comes up on my calendar, and I say, okay, here's what I need to do. I need to focus. And when I say focus, I might actually do. I don't know if you're familiar with mudras. This is a mudra, like a hand something. This is the mudra for focus. So I might take three deep breaths to move myself from what I was just doing, being on the podcast with you, to move me to focus now and get my mind and heart all in the right place, right? And so I'm going to do three deep breaths, less than a minute. I'm going to spend less than a minute, (laughs) right? To focus. And then I'm going to align with what it is I intended to accomplish during this time. And then I'm going to single task. I'm going to go like this laser focus (laughs) Mm. on this. And I'm going to single task.
1: That's great. So focus aligns single task FAST. Yes. And so how do busy people, particularly leaders, juggle competing (laughs) demands? And we, you know, you're called pulled five different ways.
2: Yes. Yes. And that's never going to change. And yeah, so that's gotten worse now. over time. We have the information overload makes, it, makes there be more competing things. And we, we can't change that. But what we can change is our approach to those things. So I'm going to paint the picture for your audience that's listening in. So mm-hmm. think about a teeter-totter. So you have a teeter-totter. And on the teeter-totter, you have geometric shapes. So you have big, these are all your competing demands. Big triangle, big circle, three little balls, a star. So you have some, paint the picture of some geometrical mm-hmm. shapes the teeter-totter. And based on all those shapes, you've got a big trapezoid on the end, it's, it's teetering, right? That's the way it then. And we have this sense that, a false sense in my mind, that our job is to keep it balanced. And that's how we set about handling, let's say, competing mm-hmm. demands. Well, I suggest we're going about it all wrong, particularly in this information age and with so many competing demands. First of all, there's a whole art to deciding what gets to be on that bar. Are you delegating properly? Are you saying no properly? Mm -hmm. Are you reducing the size? Let's say it's a big uh, circle on the end, but it's really three smaller balls that you can break down. So there's like the reorganization Mm -hmm. of the things that are on the bar. But the key is That once you learn to center yourself, calendar properly, really get yourself aligned, then I propose you choose to be the fulcrum. So right now we say we always put the fulcrum in the middle Mm -hmm. and we say all all this craziness happens and it can teeter one way or the other. What I'm proposing is that by way of being very intentional about calendaring your time and then being fast when you get to that time, focused aligned on single task, be the fulcrum move yourself to that which you desire to accomplish. And that's how you juggle
1: the competing demands. Very good. Very good. So it is time now for us to share my screen. So if you have been listening in and have not taken notes, that's shame on you, but (laughs) uh, it, it is time to get that pencil and paper if you're just listening in. And I'm going to share her contact information and if you um, aren't where you can do that, if you're listening in your car or driving it, all this information will be on my YouTube as well as my website. So you can see, so you can go to her website, which is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.thrivingleadercollaborative.com again, thrivingleadercollaborative.com. She can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by her name, Terry Short. And I'm going to let her talk to you about the few things that she has um, as a call to action.
2: Thanks, Vicki. Well, first of all, on the website, thank you for saying that Um, so clearly. It's a long one. Um, On the website, there are lots of free resources. One is the first chapter to my book that you can download for free. But... The calendar template I mentioned, uh, lots of different articles and resources for the um, prioritization and the informational multitasking and all that. It, there's just tons of resources Perfect. there. And we pull that all together once a year in an annual retreat, which is coming up September 14th to 23rd of this year in Estes Park, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to do a special offering for your listeners alone and call that call that confident me. We'll make, we'll make a code, Confident Me, for 30% off of attendance to the retreat, where we're basically going to do three things there. We're going to um, prioritize well-being and make, su- make sure that everyone knows what that's all about. We're going to refine spiritual and, and intuitive intelligence, and we're going to elevate one's inner narrative. That's those word choices. So that's how we pull it all together in, a, in an immersive weekend.
1: Awesome. Again, that is September 14th to 17th, three nights in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get this information by going to uh, thrivingleadercollaborative.com as we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And if you use the code confident me, you can get 30% off until, um, you know, well, she's gonna probably sell out. So uh, act quickly. <laughs> You shared so many great tips and information. It's been just a joy to have uh, this time and have a conversation with you about everything. I will remember focus, align, single task. So I will yes. remember to be strategic as uh, getting things done by fast. <laughs> and We do Thank wanna you. get things done fast, but if we're okay. um, focusing and aligned, I think we'll get them done not only fast but well
2: that's right
1: so um as i always do i remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride this is vicki netling signing off